0: Okay, welcome to Conversations with Tita and Tiffany. And today we have Jules Sanders and Liz Williams with us. We are a black girl and a white girl. Well, today we're three black girls, three black women, and a white woman talking about our um, anti-racism, diversity, inclusion, all the things that we talk about Um, but really about having an authentic and real conversation so we can bridge the disparity gap between bias. And so, ladies, you have an organization called, do you pronounce it AFARA? Is that how you pronounce it? Okay. I want to see if I can get it right in my Australian accent. (laughs) An amazing organization, which we will share um, in the show notes too, so you can go there and uh, look, look at it and follow them and do the work. But how did you, I love, um, Jules, you shared a little bit about it, but can you share how it started? Because we have some similarities in, the, in what Tita and I did and then what you two did as well. Uh, it was very much a
1: result of 2020 and specifically the murder of George Floyd um, and just really being, you know, shook by that experience and being... Um, being kind of awestruck by what happened and with regards to the protest and how diverse the protest was and wanting to create a space that would allow for people to continue to build the momentum to discuss and to talk about these really important issues, to talk about race in a way that we have not been willing to do in generations and to create an environment that would be multicultural, that would allow for all these various folks that we saw out there marching to come together and to discuss and get to know one another better
0: yeah I love that because Titar and I started our podcast our show whatever you want to call it (laughs) back in 2018 and then Mm -hmm. we both had like huge life transitions and we took a break and then when George Floyd's murder happened we literally just reconnected and said okay what are we waiting for let's let's start this again so um and I know that it was a tipping point for so many people but tell us um tell us and maybe this is a question for you Liz um like what is I was just raving about their website by the way so I can't wait to share it with everyone but (laughs) what's the main um I guess the vision for for the work that you're doing
2: so um
0: one of the things that we
2: found as we were observing people during the protests and after is the question kept coming up of like what what should we do next, right? It's like, okay, we're at this march, what should happen next? And as we were thinking about it and thinking about all of these kind of grand gestures that people were making and that organizations were making, um, we really thought about how we could make it accessible for folks and, and how we could make, it, um, make this anti-racism work something that doesn't seem so far away. I think the word activism in some people's minds means you have to be like out on the street with a sign And I think that when you think about an issue as big as anti-racism, it's like, what difference can one person make? And so we really wanted to go about creating an organization that would make this work, like this big issue, how can we bring it into a a personal level so that folks could see that, like, if they can make some even small changes in their lives, those things ripple out. And if there are enough of us who do that, it's not about 100% of all people doing this work, it's about a really committed 20% of folks who know that like their actions have repercussions and so our mission is really to make this anti bias work personal, um, and to make it a daily habit, um, and to give people a way to form connections with people who they may not have normally formed connections with um, really with the understanding that like it's those small things it's those relationships it's those learning how to communicate those tools that we can gain that really can make a huge difference in this world So. Um, yeah, we, our vision is to create a whole ecosystem of offerings of ways for folks to interact with this work. We have a film club, we have a book club, we're, we're creating courses, um, but we'd also like to have an app and we'd also like to have a speaker series and just different ways that folks can engage with this work um, and learn new tools for communication and for anti-racist work. Oh my god! Wow. That's
3: amazing. I love it. 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 I have a question for you because, um, Tiffany and I talk about this a lot that there's a difference between I'm not racist mm. or, and, or, and anti-racist work. So I'm curious to hear what your guys' ladies definition is in your work. Um, and if you believe that as well, that there's a difference between I'm not racist and anti-racist. I'm anti-racist versus I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. And if you can break that down for our audience. Oh goodness. Um.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: there is a difference, right? I yes. truly
2: feel like there's a difference. Absolutely. Not yeah. being
3: racist and to being anti-racist, okay. I, I, I believe
1: that when you declare yourself not racist, usually there is an unspoken but but I'm not going to do anything about it quite often, mm. right? Or I'm not sure there tends to be a, a you know, um, passivity that can come along with that as, as a way to declare one, not part of the problem, but not necessarily to identify yourself as wanting to be part of the problem, wanting, sorry, wanting to, wanting to become part of the solution. Um, our goal and how we're looking at this and the people that we want to connect with are those who are interested first they're curious, you know because we think that for everyone there has to be at least this initial curiosity and desire to understand desire to grow right and so as long as people possess that even if they're in a spectrum of i'm not racist but i would like to learn more as long as you'd like to learn more there is an opportunity for someone to recognize that their actions while they don't see them as racist they're still potentially very likely contributing towards the continuation of the problem right so something that we're very mindful of is that we want to create a space that's receptive for people to come in at wherever they lie on the spectrum. And by spectrum, I mean the spectrum of desire to connect with our other human beings in a healthy way. If you're on the spectrum of I. Like, You know, I hate black people and I hate diversity. (laughs) Like I have no interest. I I really don't want, I want to shut this conversation down completely We're probably not the organization for you. And that's okay, right? But we want to be a space for people to come together who are committed to discovering. And, you know, also aware that so much of our society and our culture doesn't create the space for people to have those conversations without fear of being immediately shut down or facing some sort of repercussion because they didn't come in perfect and polished. Right? We're not about perfect and perfect and polished. We're about human beings wanting to connect and better understand and be better and do
2: better. And coming as they are, right I mean I think I think the whole conversation about what it even means to be racist is kind of a is kind of something that gets convoluted and that we don't yep. even really need to engage in like. Because the word "racist," the very word racist is triggering, and because it's associated with Oh, you know it's it's the KKK it's the folks who are out with the torches. It's really more about what our individual actions every day and understanding that we all have biases and prejudices, no matter who we are. And so the label of racist versus not racist is less important than again like Jules was saying, what are you actually doing in this world? How are you actually taking steps to be better, whether it's a small step, or whether it's a big step how are you moving forward? I mean, again, like she said, we're not looking to convert the hardcore, we're out here trying to kill folks, people. Like that's that's not, right. that's someone else's fight. Right, right, um, right. But We firmly believe that most people are somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah, They're funny. like, I have friends that I love. There's some things I don't understand. There's some things I'm afraid to ask. And those fears are what keep us from moving forward. And so to the extent that we can create a space where people can come in and say, hey, I may have said something offhand. My intention was not to hurt anyone, but I want to better understand what I did wrong and how I can be better, that this is this is where all of the transformation can
0: happen. Oh my gosh, 1000%. Like I I love it. That's how T and I connected. We were out to dinner one night. We'd only just met each other definitely feel like it was divinely led. And I shared with her how I had offended um, a really good friend of mine that was a woman of color. She's a Asian American. And I said, I don't see color. And I was like, what's wrong with that? I had no clue. And her face just went, oh, (laughs) like literally, and I went, and then she explained to me what I'd done. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is horrible. And how do we fix this? And how do I do better? And I'm so sorry. And and then we went into this like really long conversation. And I find it like such a blessing that she um, was so like I was a stranger, you know, and she was so willing to be open to have that conversation with me. And I don't think a lot of people are. <laughs> naive stupidly naive or whatever as I was it just went well um or or have the kind of friends that are willing to have those conversations with them and I think I was having a conversation with a white friend of mine a couple of weeks ago um and she knows that you know Tita and I do this work so she's like I don't know how to ask this I'm just going to come out and ask it and it came out so wrong like so wrong, <laughs> but she knew that she could do that with me, and mm-hmm. I actually got triggered by it. Yes, I was really triggered by it, <laughs> and um, this for a whole other podcast. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it really is it another like, podcast. Was, we're
3: gonna we're gonna talk <laughs> about
0: it, Yeah, we, to,
3: we will. We will talk. Was like, but yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> and so, uh, but the the beauty was that with this friend, I could come back like I digested what had happened and i come back and i said i love you i want to have a bigger conversation around this not from a place of judgment um but this is how you could have said that better or done better or show obviously show up better and she had told me and i think this is what happens with uh, speaking from the white lens and i even now have this um challenge where i'm afraid to say the wrong thing <laughs> now that I, you know, do the work and I've got tea tar and my, my boyfriend's black as well. Like I, I'm more, I, I more have the space to readily step into it, but there's sometimes where I, I won't say it. Cause I have to really sit with what I'm about to say. Am I still going to offend? Is it wrong? White shame, all those sorts of things. So like, I love that you're creating this really safe space. And what I was saying, my friend was like, I went after George Floyd, I went into a group um where they were doing diversity and they're doing anti-bias work uh, bias work and all that sort of thing and she got cut down by the black women, women in the group because she was crying she had white shame mm. and she was like now I don't know where to show up I want to do better I want to do the right thing but I, I was really hurt by that and so um I say all that because it's, it's such a tender place for black people, people of color, white people. And so I would love to hear, like, what are some of the things that you say that give permission, like white people to be able to get it wrong? Or what are some phrases or things that they can say to approach it the right way, not to offend. I always say it's messy. It's wrong. You're going to get it wrong. Be willing to get it wrong. Um, But that's hard. You know, that's not an easy thing to do. So yeah. Well, I like how awesome. you
3: actually say. it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I actually oh. like how you say be willing to get it wrong to get it right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how you. That's mm-hmm. how you normally say. It. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I mean, what? A, it's interesting because. The fact of the matter is you never know who will be offended by what you're going to say right, and so I think walking around self censoring ourselves doesn't really serve anyone like. Like you said we're going to get it wrong sometimes right, I think the, the question is what what happens after. Because you may say something to me and I may not get offended and you say it to Jules and she may be offended you say it to Tita and she may not right. But it's what you do next once the person says hey what you said has hurt me or what you said has offended me, how do you respond, if you respond with tears. That's a problem, because it's not about you, right? The fact that you're asking this question, and I'm responding, we're having a conversation that's great, right? But I think being able to to take that and say, hey, like, okay, I made a mistake, they pointed it out, you know, no one needs to be offended by the fact that you were called out on being offensive, right? It's like, okay, what do we do next? Let's continue this conversation. And I think the where a lot of the blockage happens is, again, if you feel like you were shut down because people were calling you out on something. And effectively, they were calling you in if they even took the time to continue to engage, <laughs> I think, um, that if you can get past that little bit of discomfort, because for us, we we live with discomfort every day. And so if you can get past that moment of like, oh, I you know I offended someone, it makes me feel bad, but they're still here engaging with me, OK, what? and ask the question, I'm sorry, what, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? And a lot of times that's enough, but I think that, you know, that place of like, oh, I'm gonna cry and, and shut everyone down, everyone becomes uncomfortable, then the conversation kind of comes to a halt,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Another thing that I would say is really important is, because, you know, here's the thing, there are conversations that need to be had that aren't just between black folks and white folks. There are ripe conversations to be had between black folks and Asian folks, between white folks and Asian folks, between black folks and you know Latinx people, I mean, between all of us. What is your intention and in what you're about to share? Mm. What's your intention, right? So, and I, I think that so much of the growth opportunity exists within the lands that we're afraid to go, right? Yeah. So it's like the questions that, You know that we need to ask that are really sensitive trigger questions but they allow for us to understand they allow for us to more deeply empathize Mm -hmm. questions that feel like if you even pose them it automatically labels you when we have that kind of environment i really think it stifles an opportunity for people to understand more deeply and make change right so if you have those questions first of all you need to know your audience don't just call your your <laughs> colleague or some random, you know, right, whatever. Really. Fill in the blank. <laughs> you know, I talk to you once a week when I pick up my right. this or whatever. I've right. got a question for you. What do you right. think? Don't,
3: don't, don't. You're gonna don't don't do that. hurt.
1: <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Know who your audience. It's best to have a relationship. And I would say start off with that if you do not have any relationships with black folks or people of color maybe the first thing she can do is look to repair that mm-hmm. is look to find someone to connect and if it helps imagine this person is white and how would you go about building a relationship with them you know it makes me think sometimes of that movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey a time to kill <laughs> it, uh, that always makes me want to laugh when at the very end the jury gasps and finally they get it when he's laying down his closing argument and talking about, you know, Samuel Jackson, you know, and how he killed these men because they assaulted, you know, his little girl and he's talking about all the things that happened to this poor little girl and the action that was taken. And then he says, and then imagine what if she were white? And they're like, (laughs) and they're like, Oh my God, I would have done the same thing. He's not guilty. Right. So it's like, these things where you're not sure how to engage with people well how would you try to engage with that person speak to them if they were just you know what you consider to be your average person and start that way build the relationship and rapport and then you can go into those more sensitive conversations it's not going to work if you just jump in to something that's not at least moderated or creating a space for you to do that you're going to have a hard time
3: yeah Mm -hmm. your feelings are going to most likely get hurt yeah. And, and 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 it's interesting and i and I love that there's so many different um beings on earth who are doing this work from such different yeah. perspectives because I'm so grateful that you guys are like uh, especially compassion with that because I'm not so much as but I also think it's because well you know we all have different experiences right just because we're black we have different experiences and so not to generalize but i I, my dynamic with white women tends to be a little different because of my upbringing and where I was from, from and so forth. And, um, and I experienced a lot of manipulation, you know, from, mm. from them and, and just in general, seeing kind of just being the only black person in that white environment, um, the tears perspective of the, the m- manipulation perspective, and I'm not saying at all that's, I'm not, I know I'm not trying to generalize, but I also remember one time reading this um, thread and it had to do with um, white shame or white tears. It was, it was after George Floyd. and It was um, a bunch of black women and white women were talking about it. And um, somebody, we were talking about tears. And this one white woman actually said, I'm gonna be real. We know how to turn it on when we need to turn mm. it on. So that we're not accountable for situations. Mm. So
2: mm. I'm just saying. Is to, that news to anybody? Really? Uh, that, not? She admit it, that she would admit it though, I think is, is that I, yeah. But yeah, that's when
3: but she was making a point to all these other white women, like, stop it. Stop it! Yeah. you guys are making excuses you know that we can turn it on when we need to turn it on we turn it on with our husbands we turn it on with our kids teachers we're turning it on with these black people but i just want to put that out there because i do think that there still is majority more of the performance piece of it like where the white women are coming in thinking like okay i'm gonna do they say go ahead let me find this community i'm gonna go in And I'm going to be like, well, I'm not racist because of blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, you're right. If you're going in there into a situation that you know nothing about, and you're just going to go in and start having these conversations, more than not, your feelings are going to get hurt. Mm. So we always like to say, make sure you know who your audience is and make sure your intentions is pure because it's going to come across. And that's when you're going to end up crying because Mm. your feelings are going to get real hurt when your intentions aren't pure. Mm. That's my Mm. perspective and intentions is different from impact Absolutely. and I think that's things that folks have to talk about a lot because yes. they want to say
2: oh my intentions my intentions." okay but this was the impact so yeah. now what yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and what's wrong with getting your feelings hurt like feel what you have to feel right if, if you're truly wounded by what I said that's okay too right but how about you take that and like deal with it that's that's your baggage to to deal with right So I think, you know, we we all get to feel what we feel about these things. But like the moment that you start putting that baggage onto me, and now I have to comfort you and tell you, oh, it's okay. No, 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 you're not racist. I know you're not racist. Like that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get
1: real. Nobody's gonna be skipping through the mountains, you know, whistling (laughs) (laughs) picking daisies, right? This is hard work. And like anything else, if something is worthwhile, it's challenging. And something that has this much history. Um, and this much surrounding it, this much taboo that's been put up everywhere, it's going to require somebody who's committed to the process and is, and can get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, when we want to build a muscle, it requires consistent, repetitive yeah. work and usually ways that we don't necessarily enjoy, but you can find a way to enjoy the process and that you're knowing that you're building em- your empathy, knowing that you're building an understanding of this problem or this issue or these groups of people. So if you're not willing to be uncomfortable, if you're not willing to get your your feelings hurt, then you're not really willing to do this work. It doesn't mean oh. that you have to be consistently assaulted, yeah. you know, right, verbally, right, right. emotionally, right, right. whatever. I don't mean physically, right? Right, right, right. Um, but like, you have to be willing to be vulnerable, which is the hardest thing for anybody to do, regardless of, you know, relationships of all sorts. Most mm-hmm. of us shield ourselves from vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But you have mm-hmm. to be willing to show up and be present and be willing to hear what you do that impacts somebody negatively and look at it from the perspective of, this is my opportunity. Whenever you hear it, like, okay, this is my opportunity presenting itself to me. How am I taking it in? How am I engaging with Mm. it? If you're gonna shut it down and walk away, then you're not really willing to do the work.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think this is such a good conversation. And going back to the white tears thing, having experienced that, like still someone as a white person that has cried that that still feels white shame I think it's really important to acknowledge that if you are a white woman that you can cry but own it right like you can own it and if you get shut down um so to speak by you know someone by a, a white person a black person whoever shuts you down for for crying I think it's important that we live in a cancel culture, right. Where it's like, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And if you do that, it's wrong. And there's so much division and there's so much um, wronging and writing right now, like you're wrong. That's not right. And there's a suppression of feelings, you know, and I, and I think, and you both said this before um, both of you, Jules and Liz is like, it's not about not feeling, but it's about owning and doing the deeper work. And Titar and I always talk about the layers of why you're feeling like that and not using it as a distraction of, oh, I'm so sorry, woe is me, I didn't mean it because then that takes away from the person that you're speaking to and that's not fair. And I think that's where I've learned that um, I can have that shame but it's about me then going away and processing it, right. Processing it on my own, maybe even processing it with another white friend, proce- processing it with, I can process a lot with Tita. I'm allowed.
2: Right. <laughs> but I have
0: permission. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, it, you're, you're both, you're both saying the same thing, but it's like, it's such deep nuanced yeah. work that it's, it's, it's like, it's, I keep saying it, it's messy. And so I just, I think it's important to point out that white women, you can cry, but own why you're crying and don't let it take away. And you both said, I love the way that you nuance it with like, okay, then then own it and say, oh, I'm sorry. And what, I loved what you said about that. Now, what can I do? How can I show up? How can I be different? How can I understand you more? Because at the end of the day, as human beings, we want to be seen, we want to be yeah. heard, we want to be loved, we want to be felt. It yeah. doesn't matter what friggin' color you are. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, I still say cry with Jules and Liz, not me. No,
0: yeah. you're, you're, so you're, you're, you think you're tougher than what you, she thinks she's really mean, but she's not, at all. Yeah. <laughs> <But you> know, <laughs> the reality is,
1: there is so much that tends to fall on the shoulders of people of color, in particular, black folks. And yeah. You know, you may not find a very receptive person who wants to be there for that journey with you because they're dealing with all their other stuff,
2: totally. um,
1: you know, and not knowing how sincere you are. I think for a lot of people of color, a lot of Black folks as well, How, but how sincere is this person? Mm. Do they really mean it? Because I don't want to be here for the BS, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm very sensitive. I've always been somebody who's like, you know, to a white colleague, or whatever, if you have questions, ask me. Because I know that people need to have a space where they can feel comfortable doing that. And I like to think of myself as helping to facilitate somebody else's deeper understanding and awareness um, so that they can show up differently. But not everybody's going to feel that way, and that's fine. But find a space where you can. And if you get shut down by one person, as Liz mentioned, not everyone is going to say, oh, well, you know, point out the wrongs, you know. So don't take one bad experience you might have and say, well, I have to be shut down forever. Or right, these, right, these people right, aren't understanding. Right, but, they, they won't let me or what. No, then yeah. that's you're falling back into a biased mindset when you yeah. do that. That was that individual or it was those people. There are plenty of
3: other people that yeah. would be receptive to you. But where are you in relationships? right, right. Well, it's just like in a relationship like if you if whether same sex or opposite sex it's just because you didn't work out with one partner does that yeah. mean you shut well some people do because they have some people do. other traumas and stuff but I'm just saying you know right. it's not like you shut yeah. down everybody else I have a question so as far as so it's it's um I need to look at your website but as we know I can't pull it up with my old computer <laughs> <laughs> but with your program you know your courses and so forth i'm curious who who are your audience who who is it that you're that's coming through through your courses or through your um film clubs and book clubs and or coaching or yeah because i'm curious
2: so one of the things that was really important for us as we started this was to be aware of the danger of the black white dichotomy in this conversation around racism. So, so often when we talk about racism it automatically it's okay all the white folks have to do work like that's for you go do your work, um, we consciously wanted to create a program that was for anyone who recognizes that there's an issue with systemic racism in this country, and wants to do better, so to the extent that you know this system was created by white supremacy right people from other groups do plenty to uphold it and have internalized this racism in many ways, and so we. Are really keen to create programs that are not just for white people to understand these issues but also for people of color because we perpetuate this system in the way that we buy into colorism in the way that when you see what happened with anti-asian hate last year it's not just about black versus white or white mm-hmm. versus black all of us are in this thing together mm-hmm. and so we feel like everyone can benefit from this work to the extent that they're ready to, to sit down and have a conversation So. Our first cohort of our film club, we're so proud because we really got a group that was diverse, ethnically, geographically, generationally, sexual orientation, and we had some amazingly rich discussions about issues. And we watched films that were primarily focused on racism, you know, anti-black racism, but we got into some issues that were were really cross-cultural and across different lines, um, and we got some really great feedback from. All of our participants are like, "Hey, I learned something new. Hey, I'm going to interact with these people in a different way." So this we we say this work is for anybody who is open to it. It's not just it's not for one specific ethnic group at all.
0: I love that. That's so key because I mean, ultimately, we talk about black and white on on our show because that's that's the lens that we we come from. But I have you know a really diverse array and group of friends and I like to be very inclusionary because of my own experiences growing up which sounds crazy as a white woman when I say that out loud but like my um my my trauma or my my wound is um I was bullied for many many years Mm -hmm. and so inclusion is really Mm -hmm. really near and dear and 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 key to my heart and so often we talk about um black and white differences but it's all it, it again it's like exactly what you said it covers every minority and the disparity of that so I love how inclusionary your your work is Uh, so I just want to read something that's on your website because when I opened it up again today I was like oh it's just so clear and it feels so um
3: uh read it read
0: it I I want to know because I can't (laughs) do (laughs) it I mean, okay, so the, the website, in case people don't see the show notes, is We Are Afara, which I want to ask you about the name too, oh. We are A-F-A-R-A dot org. Um, but as soon as you open it up, it says the Afara collective empowers everyday people to unlearn bias and take action to dismantle systemic oppression. Like so clear. And then it says, we aim to make anti-racism racism a daily practice for delivering courses, workshops, programs, and events while creating a community that supports taking action. Um, so uh, I have two questions, whoever wants to answer. One is, tell us about the name. And the second one is, like, what are you all, what's your background and experience in to be able to create this work, right? So, for example, Tita and I have no experience in <laughs> diversity inclusion. We don't pretend to be or pertain to be experts in this work at all. That's why we bring on experts like you um, on here. And it's literally a black girl and a white girl having conversations, trying to figure it out, you know, Literally. Um, but I love that you. It's kind of like you've got a similar. That's why when Jules and I initially connected, we were like, oh my god! Like, it's there's so many c- celebrities, 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 <laughs> they <laughs> <are> <laughs> celebrities. They are celebrities. You all bring like a, a like the element of professionalism to it that. that I don't <laughs> have.
3: Hey, now don't knock us too much.
0: No, I
2: don't. Okay. <laughs> I think we probably have a lot more in common than you would anticipate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were definitely not experts in this one either. Yeah. Definitely not.
3: But the third to her to add on, but we'll remind you, is I'm curious on the transformations, like mm-hmm. when folks
0: come through your programs and courses so oh yeah you can start so three questions tell us about the name <laughs> tell us about your backgrounds and then tell us about the transformation people have been having
2: okay I'll start with the name has that's the <laughs> easiest one to answer I guess <laughs> Um, so, when we when we are, were originally thinking about naming the organization, we were thinking about the, this, the bridge, right? Because we wanted to be a bridge between people of different ideas, of different cultures, um, and that name is so ubiquitous in this space that we set about finding another name. Um, I'm a linguist. I speak four languages, and so I wanted to find a word that um, was easy to pronounce, But that wasn't something that people could identify with every day, so we didn't want to use la puente or, you know, this is a word that comes from Spanish or French. And so this word comes from Yoruba. I I just did some research and found a word that that sounded good and no matter what um, accent someone had or where they were coming from. And this word, um, yeah, it, it essentially means bridge in Yoruba, but we have a member on our team who's from Nigeria who also pointed out that the word also means people coming together. Oh. And so it really just kind of worked. And um, and it also is the name of a tree that grows in West Africa that has like particularly deep roots. And so we just it just kind of worked it just kind of. Yeah. Worked oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: yeah. OK, question two. What was my second question? Oh, Program, what's your background? background, background,
2: background.
1: Yeah. Oh, one of the things I'd like to start off with is that, you know, part of if I may, like so, the idea for the organization and for you know wanting to do something like this, I sat on, you know, before it was probably about a week before I reached out to Liz um, to start this process of birthing this entity into being. But I felt like it wasn't for me to do. I questioned myself if it was for me to do.
2: Hmm.
1: Should somebody else do this? Hmm. And the reason being is because I didn't have this long, steep history in this work. We both have experience with education, educating people, leading trainings, workshops, guiding people, you know, we've all done that. Um, You know, I've activists in my family. I'm very much aware of the experience of being black in this country and that there are issues with racism. I'm very much aware of that, right? Um, But I don't have a PhD or master's in this subject area. And so I think that for so many people, you talk yourself out of whether or not you should be doing X, Y, or Z right? My experience is definitely human development, identifying goals, helping people to create strategy and move forward with that.
3: Um,
1: But I question whether or not this was my mantle to pick up. And I see you both have good trouble t-shirts on. Liz actually bought me one if I had worn that boy. You know, (laughs) I was so inspired by John Lewis, especially the last year of his life. And there's a image of him as a young man when he had his trench coat on, and he's like, he's like standing like next to MLK. I think he just kind of got this smile. Like, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> like I'm, I'm here with these people. And I just think about all of these amazing figures from history, past and present, who just got started because they knew that they wanted to become part of the solution. They wanted to do something that mattered. And so they stepped forth and they stepped through and they became part of this conversation. And I thought that was more important than letting my insecurities get in the way of my ability to do something. And so my personal belief is you can find the people that can bring the pieces that you need. Don't let that stop you from doing something. Just like, I don't don't want people to feel like they can't be engaged in conversation because they don't have enough information or education. We're all human beings. There's something that we can do.
2: Yeah. 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 That's me. and and because we wanted to start this work, you know, Jules and I met um, in a seminar and a training from a company called Landmark, um, which is all about personal growth and development. And so when we were thinking about doing this work, we really wanted to create something that married personal growth and development, and anti-racism work. Nobody else is really doing that. So the idea of an expert, it's like that doesn't really, doesn't really exist in this specific thing we're trying to do. We also feel like you know when people talk about DEI experts, and you know experts, and this you know anti bias work. It's like how you know when we think about where we are in this country in this society. How far have the experts really gotten us right like <laughs> I think the most important thing is that like we said our mission, everyday people, people who have real life experiences, who are more than capable of Talking about their life experiences, connecting with people on a human level—that doesn't require expertise. It requires vulnerability. It requires the, the the willingness to connect, and the and the willingness to be curious about someone else. So that's that's kind of where we are about about ex- expertise. We all we all have our human expertise. That's enough.
1: <laughs> oh, I but love Liz, that. But Liz, you should share. You know, Liz has this, that. this amazing background and connecting with different cultures of people in her particular passion, enthusiasm for multiculturalism, you know, living in different countries, speaking different languages, um, really allows for a much deeper appreciation for the richness of, you know, what we all bring to the table. And, um, you know, if we can focus on solving this problem from a human to human dynamic, which is why people came out and marched because they saw George Floyd, what happened to him, they heard him screaming for his mother, and they felt who he was as a, as a man, as a human being, and that allowed them to drop all of the, what we consider to be our facades of difference in order to get out and do something. That's the space we want to build and create from, and certainly we respect people with expertise and specific skill sets and understanding history that they're bringing to help us inform the programs that we're building and developing so that they can make the kind of impact that's desired. But again, we're not using traditional means. We are looking to infuse something that will allow people to grow at the personal level because all change starts at the personal level and ripples
3: out. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. I think we agree on that regard. And I think, you know, something I was sharing with Tiffany like last week, it's easy for folks to criticize than to create, right? Mm -hmm. So it's easy to criticize, you know, people maybe who do go marching or whatnot, instead of like, create how to approach this problem, like, how can we come together as humans to approach this situation in a more of a creative way. And, and, and that's when I think it is when people have to be more accountable, responsible for, like you said, their biases, their mindset, like, why immediately are you going to criticizing Right, well, what what's that about? And then every and anytime we feel like we're starting to criticize something that we're not truly we don't really know about, or we're not aware. Then I think that's when we need to take a step back and be like, mm-hmm. why am I criticizing this situation, or why am I criticizing that person who is looks drastically different from me or has a different accent than me? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that's another human level of um, just more awareness and just being more conscious of of what our mind is conditioned to do mm-hmm. and why is that though i don't even know now i'm like why is it why is science-wise well why there's is many it? theories oh, we know why. Yeah. The tears on the top. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I love jules what you were saying about like experience comes with experience and expertise comes with experience it doesn't necessarily mean an education and liz like your breadth of experience living in different countries and speaking four different languages and it sounds like you've immersed yourselves in those languages really does bring an element of um, knowing that i don't think comes just from living in the same city in the same town in in the same place and i was just having this conversation with someone earlier or the other day because i'm living in texas right and i'm i'm in the i'm in the blue bubble oh just outside of the blue bubble but i am living in texas and i have some friends that don't have any friends that are people of color and i i kind of went huh how does that happen and then it made me think about my whole like my my life experience and you know in my 20s you know, I lived in Europe, I traveled through Africa three months, I backpacked through um, Southeast Asia, you know, and I didn't realize how much those experiences cultivated me as a person and how receptive I am to different people and different ways of living. Doesn't mean that I don't have bias, by the way, I actually, I really know that I do. And I still have racism in me. I'm friggin' Australian, unfortunately. But um, I think that's really key. Like, we underestimate the depth of experience that we have as individuals and what we can bring to other people around that. And I love, like, I think this is again why I friggin' love you both because there's so much synergy around not only the work that we're doing, but the perspective of like the everyday people and the everyday conversation that I think is really key to this mm-hmm. now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're muted.
3: Yeah, I would still say though with all that, like, yes, experiences bring, but I still think there's a level of choice. Like you're saying, if folks don't know anybody other than
0: their own race. Oh, I don't just disagree. Set, oh, okay. Yes. That, that's a choice. I, just, I totally agree. Amazing, yeah, yeah. 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 So how do, yeah. Yes. That's a good point. Like how do you, and we'll, we'll get back to the transformation piece because I want to circle back to that, but how do you how do you suggest? So, I've lived in LA, I've lived in New York, diverse, right? Like, was net was just not even a question that I had diversity around me. Um, and then I come to Texas and I'm like, huh,
1: but where are you? I'm from Houston, Houston's the most diversity in the yeah. country. Yeah. Facts, yeah. I it yeah. shocks me because it wasn't, I thought that was New York, is it? But yeah, Houston's the most diversity in the country, so there is diversity. I don't know where you are in Texas, That's Austin. Yeah. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I actually had a friend when I said, I'm going to move to Austin. She was like, Hmm, you know, it's not very diverse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting, but so how do you, um, tell people, cause this is kind of is what I want to say or share with my friends, like then go on, go out and make an effort to meet people of color like if they're so, just like that no right but how do you how do you bridge that gap between like okay go go where people of because it's it's never been like it's just not even being a conscious thought of mine like i live in austin texas and i i mean I have black friends, I have Hispanic friends, I have, like, it's just, you know, so it's not like I had to go out and search and seek for it. It felt like it was, again, my experiences, life experiences, you attract what you what you know and yeah. what you're familiar with. So those people that aren't familiar with diversity, how do you say to them or what would you suggest to say, hey, go out of your own circle? Go out of your own circle, is <laughs> it <Isn't> that simple? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm someone who seeks out diversity wherever I go, wherever I am. Like I needed to That's true. Like, right. Agree. I do. Too. You're right. Um, and so for me, I mean, LA is obviously very diverse, but like we are, it's still relatively segregated. I mean, you have Koreatown, and you have that's the neighborhood true. that's predominantly yeah. black, and you have. Yeah. And I think, I mean, do the things that you love doing, but do them. I mean, if you're in a cycling club like join the cycling club that cycles through the Black neighborhood. Like if you like books, like join a diverse book club, like think about your interests yeah. and then seek out people who have the same interests as you. And um, nine times out of 10, you'll find that there's diversity there. I mean, we all do the same things. We just kind of put right. ourselves in these, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know, what would you say, Jules? Wait, are just, these for just, people who want to, or you just well, saying people
3: just, that you see that needs to? Because well, that's, diff- that's the difference. If they, if they don't but,
2: want no. to,
0: they're not going no. to. Well, yes, I think right. it's back to what Jules and Liz were saying. They work yeah. with the people that want to, right. and I know my yeah. friends want to. Okay, so okay. yeah, okay.
2: That's
1: what I was just trying to. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I was going to suggest the exact same thing, which is first and first of all, it's hard to force friendship right because yeah. then you just either have to get along at a base level or not you know it's join join your cycling club and there's one black person and cozy up to them and try to you know force a friendship okay. that may right. not be your best just black friend. yes your your bbf best right. black friend right. for life right so <laughs> what you might need to do is yes do things that you enjoy look look to see when you're asking about your cycling club that you want to hey is, is it is it a diverse group? You have lots of different kinds of people in your in your, so that you can make a determination. More if it's yeah. very homogenous, maybe you don't want to join it, or maybe you want to be super bold. And there is very specifically like a cycling club For where men. it's like people For of color, people. and you can reach out and say, "Hey, I know that this is you know a black girl cycling club, but are you actually open to diverse members?" You would actually be surprised. That yeah. black people tend to be very welcoming. Oh would, yeah, would we all say that. We actually I would totally agree yeah. with
0: that. Yeah, that's been my right? experience.
1: So if you're yeah. really sincere, you might get a little bit of ribbing, but it will be because <laughs> they accept you, right? Yeah. But you would be amazed at how welcoming we can actually be. So you can go out of your way to do that if you're bold enough, right? Um, but just do things that you enjoy. Join our programs. I mean, we're still you you, right. you have the transformational question. That's exactly mm-hmm. what we want to do. And we have a vision for providing very specific ways for people to engage because if you're in Nebraska in the middle of a cornfield, right, mm-hmm. it might be very difficult for you to meet
2: right.
1: You're you know meet some just, black I'm cows, I could right. Be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? But that is the for a bigger vision. Is to create yeah. a space for people to connect and bridge and make relationships. Because it's really hard as an adult to do yeah. that. It's really hard as, as an adult. Yeah. And you have to be intentional with it. You, you're going to have to do it on purpose. If you yeah. want to change the dynamics of your social group. Just accept that and look at it as an adventure. Something that you're going to have fun with. And that you'll learn about yourself and other people as you do it. Right?
0: Yeah. that I love the word that you both keep using over and over and over again. And I think it's so powerful is that intentionality. It's so key. That is so key. I think I would imagine if our experience with transformation is that it comes again, it comes from everyday people. Like we don't really know we're just showing up and doing this because yeah. our hearts lead us to do it. And we're in for the long run and we're just doing it because it's passionate. we really, really, it's part of our purpose yeah but it's we don't know who's watching it we're not doing much marketing like it's very organic but, and we're trusting yeah. that you know it's going to grow and flow as it needs to and it's guided and it's divinely guided and all those sorts of things but every now and then we get a text message or an email um, or i just
3: a, got one uh, from my white doctor that just said she listened to the one with joel oh
0: great it's that. yeah we're, so we get like yeah, yeah the agree. light bulb goes off or, you know, I had a um, client that reached out. She's a black woman that said that was listening to Tar and I and something that Tar said, she was like, I didn't realize how complicit I had been or was being as a black woman. And I don't want to be that anymore. Mm. And realized how repressed I was and how I was just, you know, accepting the status of it, you know, and I'm like, oh, that is all I need, and right,
3: little lemon, remember when they reached out, oh, the, yeah, yeah, and you've
0: got paid speaking mm-hmm. engagements, like, those mm-hmm. sorts of, like, little things to me, those little transactions are, yeah. are mm-hmm. the big things, mm-hmm. and, and again, like, I just love the, the, the way that you talk about everyday people, so,
1: yeah,
0: um, don't be, Martin so- Luther
1: King, Rosa Parks, name anybody, they start off as everyday people, didn't they, yes, Yes, yes,
3: absolutely. Right. That's true. Every, yeah. So, I mean, it is, know. but that's really who it is, right? Like it's yeah. everyday people who are not, this is what how I see it. Everyday people who are not trying to be normal. Normalcy didn't change the world. Normalcy mm. didn't, didn't move the needle in certain things. Right. So like Tiffany and I and you two, like we're not, we're not normal because normal people would not get on a stage like this. And have these conversations. I've lost people. I've lost white people, okay? Mm. But at a cost, but that's, hey, mm. I am Black. I can't, if you can't, if you don't understand my experiences and what I'm going through, then yeah, you're right. We shouldn't be connected anyway. But my point is not normal Normal day people would do that. They felt uncomfortable enough to just even hear me say it that they couldn't even be around me anymore. Mm. You know what I'm saying? hmm mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. are... Chosen ones, and in our everyday, being we're everyday,
0: everyday, people, everyday people, not normal no. people. We're everyday yeah. abnormal yeah. people. <laughs> no, they not abnormal. Abnormal. no, 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 <laughs> I take
2: I'm it too far. far. I'm, just
3: not I'm, just, I'm just, saying, people who are just choose to be you know want to be comfortable yeah. that um, they don't. They're not the ones who's moving the needle. um You know what I'm saying? So, like, you look at Martin Luther King, you look at. Mother Teresa, you look at, I mean, who else is some people that are even alive? Um, I mean, even Oprah to a certain degree, right? Um, The Obamas. um, If you're living your life in a way where you want to make an impact. Yeah. Right
1: away already, you're extraordinary. Right. To what degree you're committed to that is going to, you know. Yeah. That's what I'm
2: trying to, and I and I think people underestimate the power of small changes too. You know, like we don't all have to be; we're not all meant to be Martin Luther King, right? There was one, right? But we each have an area in our lives that we can transform, and Mm -hmm. we each have people around us who we can help in their transformation. So mm-hmm. to the extent that I mean, we we really want to create a community and a space for people where they can come in and they can connect. And in some cases, that just that small connection with a different with another human being who's different from you can make a huge world of difference in your life in their life. So I think you know it's we don't all have to be the person who's mm-hmm. in front, right? We don't right. always have to be yeah. the person yeah. who everybody yeah. sees, right? But the, those ripples from everyday people are really what make you know, what yeah. turned into a tsunami and what really make a huge
0: change at the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The ripple yeah. effect. Well, yeah. I feel like, I feel like we could talk to you f- for hours and hours. This has so, been so great. I love this. So, oh there. my gosh. And I'm sure we'll have you back again and I'm sure we're going to keep connecting. Yes, because I have that. more
3: questions.
0: <laughs> okay, well, hold, hold those. Unless you want to
3: ask them now. Well, I have one quick question. Oh, yeah. I'm all and Tiffany knows, okay, so you know, our mission, right, is to just end racism one conversation at a time. So, like you said, those incremental steps, you know, mm-hmm. one conversation at a time. Mm-hmm. We can make a change, then that person's gonna have conversations with somebody else, and that person mm-hmm. has right. Mm-hmm. And then part of that our mission is also I'm really about healing like the black women like yes. this our conversations have actually really healed me in a lot of regards because i realized a i was complicit and and um being oppressed because i took on that oppression right and and b i um i went through an anger period like when mm-hmm. we first started i was like oh okay you know we have these conversations and then as we continue i I got angry when we were having these conversations, I was getting angry, but I know that that was my grief. And I know that was my way of healing and my way of finding this new Tita, like, wait a minute. No, I'm not oppressed. That is not why I'm here, you know? So my question is, is there an element of healing for people who might approach your programs or courses who um, feel like that they come, that they've been oppressed in many ways and feel traumatized from that. I didn't know if you have a pillar that helps, you know, maybe the the person of color who has experienced oppression or not. So I'm just curious, because I'm all about Tiffany knows that is dear to my heart because I know where I've been able to land now. Oh my gosh, not knowing how she's just, how ill and, and how much pain and trauma I had. And, you know, my body was keeping score. So healing through this is, is such a priority of mine. So mm-hmm. I'm just, so I wanted to ask. Mm-hmm.
2: Chills. do you want to take that first?
3: <laughs> um Well, again,
1: part of our overall vision, um, I mentioned how it's key for us to create a space also for people of color. You know, we're still very much a young organization, right? It's like last year, it's like, what are we doing? How are we showing up? How are we doing this? Starting to add people to our team. This year, it's been about, you know, coming up with greater clarity around our programs, starting to test out our programs. We're still very much a young organization. And there's a lot for us to learn about what will be meaningful for people of color, because we see this our intentions and goals uh, are also to provide programs and courses that are for people of color. Whether we're talking mm-hmm. about within groups or between groups, I mentioned blacks and Asians. I, there are opportunities I'd love to sit and talk and dialogue because there's stuff, there's stuff to talk about. There's stuff to talk about between you know blacks and Latinos. There's stuff for black folks to talk about within our own
3: mm-hmm. group
1: that still also to do with bias and how we mm-hmm. see one another. That can be mm-hmm. incredibly transformative and healing. Again, mm-hmm. this work. I use this, this is my, I need to come up with something else, but I think it's, it's, it works for me. So if we think about how, you know, this is all of us, all groups of people, be black, white, Asian, all of us intertwined, locked in together with regards to racism. But the way out is for us each to explore and engage with ourselves in these conversations more deeply. And I like to use the analogy of the Chinese handcuffs. You remember those, anybody play with those as a kid? The long c- cylinders that you stick your fingers on the other side. How do you get out? You guys remember how you get out of Chinese handcuffs? I
3: don't remember. I don't remember either. Push forward together to get out.
1: Right? We all need to push forward together. We all need to be willing to do this work, to look inwardly and to connect with one another, to get out. And um, absolutely, you know, Liz and I are both black women. Our team is unbelievably diverse. We want people of color to find value in this. And we're excited to learn more about how do we do that? Because it's a different need for our white members or our white participants. We want to create a space that blends us all together. And what we found from our film club through conversations is that, again, because it was very diverse, everybody got something out of it that was of value to them and better understanding. And that's what's really exciting, thinking about that community that we're creating that will allow for people to get out of it what they need in order to move that into their lives, into their ways of being, maybe leave some things behind, you know, get rid of something, some heaviness, because it's hard, especially as Black people. And one quick thing before I, I wanna hear what Liz has to share on this, but you know, thinking back to a conversation that we had earlier, Tiffany, where you um, talked about a friend who had expressed that she started crying and she got shut down. Some of those responses that you get from people of color, especially Black folks, have to do with our pain. Absolutely. So oh, when true. you start to
2: cry, it's it,
1: that anger is pain. It is frustration. Hmm. It is being. It's denial. So much that we've had to deny for ourselves. You know, even when I think about fibroids and it happened more often in Black women. Well, it's not just, you know, that happens for a reason. All the stress, okay. all the anxiety that we take into our bodies and our beings, hmm. it can come out. But on the other side of that is healing, receptivity, and ability to have real meaningful, deep relationships know um, Liz, I'm sure, has something about like what she sees.
2: I mean, I, I would just say, you know, one of one of our pillars are so our, our three main pillars are around community, empowerment and education. And um, I think. For me, one thing that's been deeply healing is and it goes back to how we even started this organization with seeing how many other non-Black people are actually committed to this work. Yes. Like having real conversations with people because it gets it's. You know, Tita, you know, it is hard to be a Black person (laughs) in this country. And there are times when you're just like, ah, all these people, like, why does it feel like everybody is out to get us? Like, it can feel like that sometimes. And so to be in a community of folks who are like-minded can actually, it can be very healing. It has been healing for me Mm -hmm. because it allows me to remember that, like, A, you know, the bias exists in all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't generalize about all these folks, one, but also that like, there's a space where we can heal each other. Like they Mm -hmm. need to learn just as much as I need to learn and seeing people's genuine commitment. Like we have folks, we have one lady who was born and raised in Alabama, like deep South Mm -hmm. family. She said her family is racist. They live, like she admits it, she knows it. And she is, you know, maybe not always super open minded about everything, but this lady is there. She shows up. Wow. She yeah. helps in any way that she can, and she knows that she that she needs, you know, that there's space for her to grow. Mm-hmm. That is so inspiring to me. And this lady is maybe sixty. She's mm-hmm. not young, young, right? Right. right. But wow. I think. Knowing that, like there are people who are genuinely here in a space because they want to do better, restores mm-hmm.
1: your faith in humanity.
2: It, it it renews my faith. It really mm. does. And, and and sometimes that's is that's what I need. So um, I think mm. in the community there can be great healing.
3: Where there's bias, yeah. there can also be beauty. Right. 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 right.
1: Mm,
2: maybe I need
3: to check y'all out then. <laughs> it, look, if you accept
2: me, because you, you know,
3: no. <laughs> if you accept me, maybe I still have to go down my little journey a little bit no. first. But we're all yeah. on
2: it. We're all on that journey. It is. It is not, not easy. It is not easy, and it never ends. It right. oh. and when oh. we fall right. back into our
1: patterns, we have to be okay with that. And just get back up. Mm-hmm. If get get back on. he's on
3: down that road. Yeah. 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 I'm not as trigger as much. So that, that, Mm -hmm. that I do know, you know, the healing and moving forward is, um, I notice I don't get, you know, as triggered from Mm -hmm. certain Mm -hmm. responses and behaviors around Mm -hmm. me from white people that I definitely do know when they're not, you know, saying they're being racist, but you know, just the microaggressions and
0: different things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, so good. Okay. So I'm like, I don't want to stop, but we we will we will continue this. So how um, Liz and Jules, how can people find you, connect with you, follow you, all that good stuff?
1: Um, okay, so so you know, our you shared our website, weareafara.org. That's we are afara.org. That's w e a f a r a. We no, sorry, we are We Fara. are.
0: <laughs> we are
1: <laughs> We are afara.org. You're like us. Uh, <laughs> and you can feel free to sign up for our, our uh, website. Also would love to share, um, maybe we can share our email addresses. Like I welcome Please, someplace. whatever you want.
2: Share yes,
1: share, Jules, share. Jules, Jules, J-U-L-E-S at Afara.com at weareafara.org. (laughs) We'll put it in the show notes
2: too, don't worry. (laughs) There are
1: opportunities uh, for volunteers if anybody's interested in in volunteering. We have some opportunities available there. We have a second set of pilots that are coming up for a film club. um, And then also for the Lit Club. So if anybody's interested in participating, and any of those, please reach out and we will connect with you and apprise you of those opportunities. And we are in uh, fundraising mode. So if anybody wants to um, donate to our organization as we're still building up and preparing ourselves for programs and courses, we would absolutely welcome that and thank
0: you. Oh my God. So, Jules,
1: you're in Houston. I'm from Houston. Okay. And as Texans I thought, are like
0: New Yorkers. Wherever we go, we're still repping our states, even <laughs> though I'm a little embarrassed. I, I am a Houston girl.
2: <laughs> okay. Because I
0: thought you're in LA and I was like, wait, if you're in Houston, I'm coming to see you. I'm in Los <laughs> Angeles. That's I'm what I thought. LA. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, when I come to LA, I'll both come. And at least you're in LA, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Well, and went to Texas for the first time a few weeks ago, and don't know if I'll be going back anytime soon. So please come to LA, and visit us soon. Texas yes. was
0: a little bit scary for me. Yeah. But, uh, sometimes I'm like, what am what am I doing here? <laughs> but yes. Um, okay. We will definitely share all that in the show notes. Um, we're following you. We're huge fans. Can't wait to watch you grow as we all grow together. I love that when you were sharing your, I was laughing when you were sharing your website and email addresses, because we always get ours wrong. I always get it wrong. <laughs> Tita always gets it wrong. <laughs> <I> <laughs> I'm, quickly, gonna you.
3: I'm quickly Googling my name because you know nobody really asked. So then it comes up and I'm like, you can reach us at a black girl, white girl conversations.com. Cause I have to go look it up. Cause I always get it wrong.
0: <laughs> Cause we had a few different iterations. Now she just says, just Google T and we'll come up, which is fine. <laughs> she also works as well. Ladies. Thank you. so. Thank you, thank you much. for having us. This has been really lovely. Oh thank my you. gosh. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for enlightening me, teaching me in this last hour or so. Um, and like I said, I just can't wait to continue this friendship and relationship. Thank you, Looking thank you, thank you for what you
1: guys are doing, for what you ladies are doing as well. This is super important work. Thank you. Thank you.